Hey friends, time for another Michigan's Best Podcast. On this podcast, we're talking with Brian Bowden. He is the owner of BAJ Glass, and they very quickly had to shift from what they were doing to what they're doing now to help people on the front lines. I love the story. Can't wait to share this story. So without further ado, it's today's Michigan's Best Podcast. Eric, what's happening, my man? How are you, friend? Ah, the Malive. <laughs> I don't have the cool background like you. Geez. Yeah, I, I'm trying, man. Yeah. I'm trying to make it interesting. That's um, WWE so figures up there? Yeah, so uh, Junkyard Dog's up there. Oh, uh, you got Junkyard some, Dog. Some, some Bruce Lee action happening up there. Nice. I was, uh, I was looking. Our Velcro's become a really big deal here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right but we we've now produced and manufactured over ten thousand yards of velcro <laughs> wow which has been like one of the craziest it's something we didn't expect at all but uh we could wrap a couple cities with that yeah for sure and so like let's just sort of start there brian first of all thank you so much for spending a couple minutes talking with us about what you guys are doing yeah, uh you know well i've been calling this the before and then we're moving towards the after for people who aren't familiar with your business, in the before, Brian, what were you guys typically making? Uh, we did glass. We did uh, commercial glass for uh, large companies and chains like Gap, Old Navy, uh, Taco Bell. So we do commercial windows there. We do entry doors. Uh, we also did a lot of consumer uh, products. So we did house windows, residential windows. Uh, we might do some auto glass. We did quite a bit of shower glass. Uh, we also did a lot of specialty glass. Um, so we did back painted glass, uh, glass countertops. We get to the, the coronavirus hits in the United States. The first death is in February, like towards the end of February. At what point, Brian, do you guys go, okay, we need to, we need to pivot here and this is what we're going to do? Uh, we started talking about it probably about a week or two before the executive order. So I think that was uh, around March 14th. Uh, March 23rd was executive order. So about a week before that, we started talking like, okay, we, we saw that some things were getting shut down in other countries. Uh, what are we going to do here? Now, the executive order included auto. So we could do auto glass. So we could find that loophole to stay essential, I guess, if we wanted to. Um, but I think the biggest conversation was how do we actually become essential? Um, and one of those things was that when we saw the face shields, we have access to so many supplies because of all the, the products we did beforehand. Um, so we, it was reaching out to find those people that could supply uh, the polycarbonate, the PETG for the face shields and continue to create a quality product uh, to be able to help out. So it was probably about a week or so before the executive order that we started having those conversations. And so one of the things that that mesmerizes me about the manufacturing space is just how quickly you guys can can sort of change like that. But for for the the average well for the average everyday person, I think they and I feel you would probably say the same thing. They they take that stuff for granted, right? They walk into a, a Taco Bell and they just assume the glass was always there, right? And or a Gap, they assume that the glass was already are already there. Or the you know the the windows on their cars, it's it's just an assumptive that this thing wasn't created. It just kind of here we are. We've got glass, right? Can you give me a, a, just a tad perspective on what goes into actually shifting a manufacturing line to go from creating what you were creating, which is custom glass of every sort, to now making a very specific face shield? 
Well, we had it all figured out until we didn't. <laughs> uh, so it, it was more, we, we, we have a, a large format laser. We have a large format printer uh, that we do because of our specialty products. We do a lot of experimentation before so we could produce glass products that other people couldn't do that weren't seen in the marketplace to be a specialty shop. Um, so our thought was pretty simple. I mean, a face shield and, and takes a, a, you got a piece of foam for your head, you got a piece of plastic in the front and you got a strap. I mean, it can't be easier than that. So <laughs> we could get the sheets of, of polycarbonite, the PETG, uh, we could get those and then we could put them on the laser and we could cut them. Um, what we quickly found out was to make the quality product that we wanted, the polycarbonate, we couldn't cut it ourselves. Um, the laser machine didn't just do, it didn't do a quality um, cut for that. So then the search became, um, how do we find someone that can cut these? And then the cost, um, how can we provide these? So we had that figured out a few times. Uh, we worked with the state a lot. They were sending us people, uh, but the solutions really came through through that. We found actually another local company that could help us out that was actually shut down too, and they were only helping the essential people. And, we, and they, they were able to cut 11,000, now 13,000 face shields for us um, wow. and to our design. So we were able to do that. Uh, then it became, how do you do the, the strap? Well, Velcro seemed like the best product because it's adjustable, it's easy to use, you can take it on and off. Um, lo and behold, we bought out Amazon on Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, okay. So uh, we ended up finding one of our printing man uh, distributors, wholesalers, it's a nationwide company to supply, they, they didn't even know they supplied Velcro. Um, so they ended up supplying that. Um, then the design we used was a front and back hook to loop. So it had to be attached. Well, that wasn't available within the cost range at all that we could do. Uh, so we actually devised and built machines in shop out of wood, uh, handmade machines with wow. drills and everything attached to it to attach that Velcro, which we do day and night. And we've done over 30,000 uh, feet of Velcro. <laughs> so Wow. Yep. Not to mention it had to be cut at 14 inches a piece. So each, each face shield had two straps on it. So, that had to be cut also. And that, I mean, it's been, it's been time consuming, but we found a way to make it happen. Uh, hugely. Uh, uh, we've had 44 volunteer families also help out. That's incredible, man. And this is one of the reasons, you know, you and I have a little behind the scenes, you and I have been trying to do this for a, a week and a half. It's why right. I wanted to talk to you because like the work you're doing is just profound, man. And I cannot thank you enough for what you guys are doing. Um, it, you know, and, and I, I want you to get back to the, the actual work, right. And not talking <laughs> to me, but if, if, if people want to reach out and, you know, help donate, uh, you know, use your services when we get to the after what, what's the best way for them to find you and make a connection. Uh, we've had a huge, huge, uh, response from Facebook. Uh, we've had a huge response from a uh, family just helping out. And then, uh, you know, they have five people from their church group or we have one lady pick up a bunch of face shields and Velcro and foam to assemble the face shields. And she said she had a, basically a neighborhood party. There was 11 houses in their neighborhood that wanted to help out. So she picked up all the supplies, dropped them off to all the houses. And then with 48 hours later, she picked them all back up from those families. Uh, so it's things like that have been huge. Um, our Facebook post has had over 200,000 views, um, over 200 shares on that. So we're still getting responses from that. Uh, we still have new families helping out. And uh, we try to be respectful as we can with those people to, 
to say, we don't want them to, we feel bad that, but they're also very thankful because uh, one, the conversation that's bringing up with their families, you know, it could be a mom and dad and two kids that are 12 and 14 years old, all putting together face shields. So it's a, it's been a great way for families to come together during this time at their home, a safe way for families to come together, to contribute, to do something because we hear all the PR do this, do this, right, do this. Right. Really, ultimately, when the family sits back, they say, well, what can I do? And uh, this has given them uh, a way to be beneficial, a way to help out their, their frontline workers. Um, so it's it's really been a – it's kind of taken on a mind of its own. And we just try, keep trying to push uh, the fact that we can do more face shields and get them out there. Well, my friend, like I said, I just wanted to take a moment to talk to you and thank you for all the work that you're doing. It's incredible. Brian, uh, be safe. I hope the rest of your staff is safe and uh, keep making what you're making because it's it's a big deal for us. Hey, we appreciate it a lot, Eric. Thank you. Thanks, dude.